We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to this special uh, GSPN podcast here on Blue Wire and GSPN. I'm Rohan Cotty, host of the Eurostep, joined by Jordan Tresky. We have a fun Eurostep win in six collab here. Jordan Tresky of win in six, of course. We are here coming to you right after the Bucks lose a thrilling, ended up being a thrilling game against the Boston Celtics, their biggest game of the season thus far. But before we get into it, Jordan, how are you doing? Doing well, I'm doing well. I'm ready to dig into this performance of a loss that turned out to be a lot more encouraging than I anticipated going into this game. See, okay, so a little peek behind the curtain here. I've been a doomer all night long about this game. I am usually the one who's very, very optimistic, very, very, like, you know, positive energy. You got to go for it. And then just this game, just the, the 10-0 run to start, it just broke me. It just broke me as a, <laughs> uh, as a basketball fan. Uh, maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I've just had a long three-day week so far. Wait, today's Wednesday, right? Yes, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, we're recording on Wednesday. <laughs> if that is not emblematic of what I'm trying to say, uh, maybe maybe it's that. But that 10-0 run, I was like, yeah, it's it's done. It's cooked. It's cooked like the turkey that's going to be cooked on Thanksgiving Day. But it ended up being a three-point game at, with some fourth-quarter heroics. But Jordan, you, Ty, uh, everyone in the chat was just like, yeah, this is this is encouraging, and I was just here. I was just here being a downer. So, Jordan, let me let's start off on a broad scale. Why am I wrong to be a doomer? I will preface this by saying I don't think anybody. I'm not going to say that you can't be a doomer because I'm sure there are Bucks fans listening to this that were really excited about this game. It's the first game against Jerusalem. It's emotionally charged too. It's not, it's in Boston, so it's not like will be when he comes to Milwaukee because that's a whole other ball of wax. But there's a lot of emotions. It's the, it's the biggest, again, barometer game that we have seen with this team this early in the season. It's 
<laughs> to see the game start off the way it did, it's very deflating to, to kind of throw up your hands and just be like, oh, we've seen this before, you know, same old movie or or whatever it is. For me, I went into this game knowing even with Boston stumbling recently against Memphis and losing to the Hornets last time out in overtime. I just think they're very, they have found their footing very easily for obvious reasons. I just think the starting five is pretty locked in. They have really good players. They can fit very cohesively. They, their best players that they, or their most played players, I should say, seamlessly fit in different configurations, all that stuff. With the Bucks, we're riding high, on, or we're riding high on this five-game winning streak, and at the same time, we're like, well, we know things are going to get improved or get worked on as things evolved. But it was like, okay, if you just pile up the wins early and figure things out as you go along, that's more than enough for me, kind of thing. So when you face a team like Boston, who's very cohesive and very locked in, and all this stuff, despite what the the game ended up being, I just kind of felt like. We're not there yet, and it's that's going to change, hopefully. But I just didn't think that they were there yet. The fact that they made this a three-point game despite shooting their worst efficiency from the field the entire season in a game, their best players were really not good. Dame was easily the best player, and he didn't really figure it out until midway through the second quarter. Um, there were a lot of things that went wrong against the Bucs, and, and the biggest thing, too, they were chasing this game from the jump. It's really hard to to, make, to get a win out of that if you're chasing for a lead for 48 minutes. And we've seen them do it before. We've seen the, the second half heroics and them adjusting or figuring it out or whatever the case may be this year too, even with the early stages of, of what this team will become. But I just thought it was really encouraging to see them keep kind of finding little things that would get them more, you know, in the game, starting to hit shots, starting to get stops in very interesting ways. thought the defense, even though they allowed 190 points, looked a lot more encouraging to me. It was just very explainable for why they gave up 190 points rather than, oh, like they gave effort. It was just Boston hit shots and, you know, all that stuff. So that's my big whole platter, the size of a turkey of why this, I felt like this game was a lot more encouraging than I felt like going in. That's, that's fair. That is valid. One thing I will say is like this, the, the Celtic, it's, it's hard not to, not to feel, feel like green with envy. Shout out to uh Celtics podcast, uh, green with envy uh, about like how this team, the Celtics team faced similar questions that the Bucks did coming into the season about like, how are these new additions going to fit? How is it all going to be seamless? Like they have to completely change their style and to see them hit the ground running is just like, it's, it's a little like, Oh, that'd be nice. You know, <laughs> like, but I will say like, even though that's just like a little bit of jealousy right now, it doesn't matter right now. Does it? All that matters is if the, if the Bucks figure it out, uh, first of all, if they figure it out, that'd be great if they did. <laughs> but uh, just like if they're able to figure it out before the real games start, that's all that matters. That's all that matters at the end of the day. So if there are any uh, Bucks fans out there like me who are just like, man, it'd be nice uh, if the Bucks could hit the ground running much like the Celtics did. Yeah, sure. That's valid. That's a valid point. But also doesn't matter right now, does it? Yeah, I mean, 
not to play this card too, but I think this game was a hell of a lot more encouraging than any Celtics game that the Bucks played last year. And granted, one of those remember the last the last game the Bucks played against the Celtics. I was there. Yeah, I was at that game. It was just lost by like fifty five points. No exaggeration. It was it was a it was an absolute butt whooping. Butt whooping. Christmas Day too. They got their asses kicked. Yeah, there was just a lot. There's a lot more. I thought again, their hands were kind of tied behind their back. The, the fact that they their offense and knowing that their offense wasn't playing to this to the level that we've seen all season long, for what this Bucks team and how it's constructed right now, it's just hard to win to win games the way that they have been playing and knowing that if they don't hit the shots at the clip that they have been in games you're probably not going to win. You know what I mean? Like if they have off shooting nights and all that stuff. So yeah. Because they, another... yeah. If you have an off shooting night, you don't have that same defensive backbone that you've had in recent years. Like, and it, it's fitting that this game comes against Drew Holiday and the Boston Celtics, but you don't have that just defensive mindset. Like that absolute, like, yeah, this is a defense first team mindset to fall back on and sort of grind your way uh back into games which it's really funny i say that considering that's exactly what they did (laughs) in in the fourth quarter which it's just like this this game makes no sense to i like i'm struggling to try to process this game in real time but it's like yeah what i just said is valid like they don't have that defensive mindset and backbone to fall back on yet they somehow managed to go and get stops at every end of at both at the defensive end of the court yeah all three ends of the court. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess offense, defense, officiating, if you want to say that. But <laughs> just a just a weirdly officiated game, just in general. Overall, I'm not saying was... like the Bucks were the Bucks were uh, you know disadvantaged. They might have been a little, but just saying overall, weird game, weird season. Absolutely yeah. a weird season. They really let them play tonight. Both teams had 17 free throws, and there was some. It was very aggressive. It was. Not, I feel like we always say this when it's like big games. It's like, oh, this feels like playoff basketball and all that stuff. But it was very much officiated like that in terms of just letting things fly. Fouls that would never or would normally be called weren't called tonight. It was just high level, you know, let them play kind of basketball. And I, I honestly, I kind of liked it more than if it was just choppy and, you know, there was no rhythm to the game because I felt like there was a rhythm to the game, even with the Bucks not showing a rhythm for <laughs> large stretches tonight. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's again, like I'm struggling to process this game in real time. But well, where I'm, where where should we start? Where should we start? Do we do we want to go? What player for you do you want to dig into first? Let's start with Giannis. Like it, it, it's it's proper. This team is Giannis. This team, like he's the best player. It's got to start and end with Giannis. Not a great Giannis game. No, <laughs> not a great Never. Giannis game at all. Which is just funny to say that in a three point loss where he plays thirty six minutes, he ends up being a plus six. But <laughs> just like that's that's also an indication that single game plus minus is really 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 noisy and should not be used as like the end all be all just uh just unless if you're jordan pool yeah if you're jordan pool it's fine um (laughs) if you want to make if you want to formulate takes about jordan pool that's the only time you can use single game plus minus effectively 
but Giannis Antetokounmpo finishes the game with 21 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, two steals, three turnovers, four fouls, seven of 20 from the field. Coming off a game where he scores, what was it, 42 <laughs> points on 23 of 26 shooting, or 20 of 23 shooting, he, excuse me. He attempted as many shots as he made last time out. Just tonight. ridiculous. Like, it, it's, the, it's the ultimate peaks and troughs right there because, yeah. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of contact uh, down low that was being allowed to play on. And Giannis was just... He was being met. The Celtics, credit to them. They had they had a lot of size. They had a lot of guys who could just sit there and just meet him at the rim. Uh, you have like a, a seven-plus footer in Kristaps Porzingis. You have Al Horford who somehow still uh, – he's still I – like, I, I don't understand. Do you remember when he got that four-year monster contract from Philly and it was like, oh, my God, why are you paying this guy who sold? That was like eight years ago or something. It wasn't actually eight years ago, but it feels it like feels it. like it. And he's still out there. Like, credit to him. Whatever he did in OKC, I don't know if he took trips to Germany or what, but it was like that That year really revitalized him. But he, he's out there kicking. And credit to him, credit to the team uh, for just, you know, being able to throw bodies at Giannis in the paint. But also, it was uncharacteristic for Giannis. It really was. Like, there one play when the Bucks were, I believe, down six, and there was he had a layup up opportunity just to finish over I, I forget who I think it was Porzingis at the time I think it was, yeah and he just missed the layup and it's like these are shots that he is so used to hitting those are the shots that he makes like his game on and he's just missing it and he just shakes his head and put, runs back on defense it's like yeah that's the type of, type of night it's been because yeah seven of 20 from the field for a guy who's had like the most efficient scoring of his career so far this season just just an awful awful game yeah i was very disappointed i i thought all of the kind of the worst habits that the bucks have shown even with this knowing that this is a new team it's a new coach and all that stuff seeing the start that we saw and Giannis underperformed greatly just kind of gave me flashbacks of like no this is not the way don't over dribble don't as much as you want to see him aggressive and in transition if if he's got a head of steam and the court is just for him just to you know gallop and <laughs> get to the cup i thought it's it's obvious that he didn't make good on all of his chances or most of his chances i should say we saw a lot of bodies we saw drew match up with him too um on top of porzingis and horford playing him very well i just thought he was kind of in different the, the the shots that would come easy against a team like the Wizards, who again are not the worst team in the NBA, but they're they might close. Pistons are giving them a run for their really money. Good. They're real, like there's a lot of soul searching going did you, on. In did Detroit. you see that the Pistons got flexed off NBA TV? Like that's <laughs> oh, that's remarkable yeah that is really bad i think it's like a pistons lakers game they got flexed off nba tv that's just that's a new level (laughs) that is that is a relegation that brings up the main celtics or something like that that's that's really bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, the wizard the wizards are very bad as well yes they are um but the shots that would normally be very easy for Giannis to to just dunk or get really good lands and all that stuff. 
we have to remember a lot of the like that particular layup that he attempted he's doing it like right under the the hoop which it's Giannis he can still like finish off those kind of takes at the rim tonight when it's when it's against a seven foot four guy that's you know has long arms and it's really hard to just kind of like dislodge him from you know his momentum or leverage and all that stuff it's just everything was really hard and Giannis just made it a lot harder with trying to force the issue and very you know I admire him, but he can be bullheaded sometimes. So much so that when Adrian Griffin took him out midway through the third quarter, Giannis did not want to be taken out. And I, again, I thought that was a very interesting moment that I kind of felt like something like that was going to happen tonight if things went poorly, because we all know the stakes of the game to the game. The players do too. So when something like that happens and it follows the normal shift of how they've been doing the rotation patterns. And Giannis just says, no, I don't want to be taken out because we're down whatever the deficit was at that point. Adrian Griffin kind of stuck to his guns, but did it really? It was a really interesting moment, but yeah. Oh, no, I just thought, as as you mentioned, it was it was the worst kind of Giannis performance that we are used to seeing when, you know, things don't go his way. Yeah, and and just to speak on that interaction between Giannis and Adrian Griffin, Giannis came out of the game clearly frustrated, didn't even go to the bench, just sat at the scorer's table. Him and Adrian Griffin discussing it, like, just talking, like, just, like, not, like, an actual altercation or anything, but just, like, you know, those two expressing themselves back and forth. And then it's like, okay, Adrian Griffin's like, I've said my piece, you can go back in the game. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm explaining to you why I took you out, but, okay, I will also listen to you and say, yeah, go. you can go back in the game now. <laughs> Just yeah. a just a fun interaction. But yeah, it's it's just it's just a little bit disheartening to see this type of Giannis performance after just the insane amount of success he's had against the Celtics in, in recent memory, like going back to that playoff series two years ago now. He just absolutely dominated that series. The rest of the team let him down. Obviously, no Chris in that series, but yeah, the rest of the team let him down because he was doing everything. He had mm-hmm. figured that team out and Especially like when you add a guy like Porzingis, who Giannis has also fared really well against in the past. It's just like something about that combination just threw him off. Maybe it's new. It's it's a new sort of iteration of the Boston Celtics. It's going to take him a little bit of time to recalibrate himself and figure it out. But I'm not I'm not too worried about it going forward. It's just just I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So every father. Um, probably this Halloween holiday weekend. Yeah, I'm really leaning <laughs> into the holiday spirit. <laughs> uh, do we have, do we have anything? Any other thoughts on Giannis? Giannis, by the way, is uh, we'll do full stocks in a bit. But Giannis is getting a down stock. He's gonna he, he's probably getting two. Yeah, I I don't I don't uh, disagree with that. I think two is a very valid play here. If we want to talk some bright spots, though. Brooke Lopez. He's good. He He's really he good. dominated. He was the like he was, for the first half, he was the only Milwaukee Buck that really showed up. Because it was just really, really fun to see Brooke just dominating using his size down low in a matchup that has traditionally not been his strongest. Like Brooke Lopez yeah. against the Boston Celtics in, in years prior, 
has just been it's it's been that notion of oh you can play brook off the court no not necessarily but if you want to be have your strongest lineups against the celtics maybe they don't necessarily include brook lopez because of their switching defense and um just the way they play however like i mentioned earlier the addition of Kristaps porzingis really alters the 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 machinations of these lineups and it it allows brook to really go out there and thrive because if you're gonna have a seven plus footer out there soaking the bucks adrian griffin's like bet so do we we'll do it and and brooke really he he made the best of what his minutes were he was the best buck um i I don't know i'd say oh consistently yeah yeah he was to your point he was the heartbeat for this bucks team throughout the first half and why the offense was showing signs of life i know the bench helped that you know, after the a 17 point first quarter, but really of the starters and of the entire, you know, one through four quarters, Burke was making plays. He was extending possessions, getting second chance points, hitting a couple threes, doing the things that, you know, we normally associate with Brooke, but just at a greater level because the offense really needed it. And we saw occasionally like, you know, he'll set a straight high pick and roll for Dame. Dave will hit shots, but it also he fed the big man too. And yeah, the guy was just a monster tonight. We see him make an impact defensively all season longer, at least since you know, instituting drop again. But Brooke really, really kind of kept things going when things were looking as dire as it, it was as it was during the first half. Yeah, and that's that really bodes well for the Bucks going forward, considering if this is the team that like the Celtic, it's the Celtics. Like those, it's it's the Bucks and the Celtics, and I'd say the Sixers based on the way they're playing. But that's the cream of the crop. That's the cream of the crop in the East. You're going to have to beat one or both of those teams to get to the finals. And yeah. uh, it's just if you have now a weapon, an additional weapon that you can use in Brook Lopez against this team that you previously couldn't, that's very very encouraging. I don't think my downer spirit can hold me down for this long. I'm not used to it, Jordan. I'm not used to being a downer. I don't know what this feeling is like. So just it, it it's the 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 true Rohan is really coming out now, but it, who's being an optimist. But yeah, uh, just being able to utilize Brooke Lopez. Is he going to shoot this efficiently? Do play this well again? I don't know. Maybe, likely not. But if he can even be like 70, 80% of this on a consistent basis against the Boston Celtics, yeah, I'll take that. That's 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 a that's an absolute win. Jordan, maybe this game was a win. Maybe this was encouraging. Maybe this was encouraging, Jordan. <laughs> I like that I'm along for this you're, ride. You're down, but it's you're down by 21 points. I think is the the max that the Bucks yes, that was got. the biggest lead tonight. Just went down double digits before even scoring a point. That's a three point game. You know, it, like <laughs> it was not that bad. Like I, I don't, I. We don't want the Bucks to lose, but in losses, you kind of see where this team is and you learn more about what is missing or what is lacking. And for starters, or at least in, in terms of Brooke, he had five offensive rebounds. Bucks had 19 second chance points on the night. Boston just didn't, like, they have size, but they don't have, I don't know, it's weird. They didn't really just kind of finish out possessions defensively, and the things that we've 
lamented about the you know how the Bucks have played defensively. It's like, okay, you force a good stop, but you don't finish it off with a rebound. We've seen a lot of teams just feast on the Bucks that way. And really the Bucks kind of reversed it on themselves and really kind of forced the issue and extended possessions. That's again, when you shoot as poorly as you did, but you still score 116 points and come within three of you know losing a game. They found ways to kind of be gritty in the things that we've we've the kind of equalizing aspects of basketball that I thought were encouraging that really kind of I guess made it as close as it was. Yeah, it's just it's the ebbs and flows of the game, isn't it? The ebbs Absolutely. and flows of the game, ebbs and flows of the emotion. Also, the ebbs and flows of players' stats. And Jordan, I know you are a fan of Sleeper. I know I'm a fan of Sleeper. Because, I don't know, I can't stop talking about it, I can't stop tweeting about it, I can't stop actually making picks. But I want to talk to listeners, and I want to ask, are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy basketball? Because like I just mentioned, I am. Uh, Like we talked about earlier, Giannis Antetokounmpo has been on a hot streak. This game against the Celtics was not his best showing, but I know he's poised to rebound. So for the rest of these games, like against the Wizards on Friday, in-season tournament game, yeah. I'm going to go higher on his points, rebounds, and assists. If you think you know basketball, then try to turn your basketball knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app, the ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday. Just download the Sleeper app and pick more or less on your favorite players. With more stats than any other daily fantasy app, just choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame or live. You can do it live in-game. Pick more or less from the predicted stats, and you could win up to 100 times your money if your picks win. Use promo code Eurostep, that's G-Y-R-O-S-T-E-P, all one word, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for detail. Currently operational in over 25 states, including Wisconsin. So make sure you check out Sleeper today. I mean, yeah, for higher, higher on that Wizards game. Absolutely, Jordan. But, uh... (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who who should we talk about next in this game? Because the one guy I want to go to who might be one of the most important players to take away from this game, Malik Beasley. Mm, I baited you. I, I baited you. I baited you. You thought it was going <laughs> to zig, but I zagged, Jordan. The new Drew Holiday. Let's discuss him. Let's talk about it. He did well on the defensive end. Very impressive. Really 
he we've seen him do like the the pressure kind of defense and when you see him against Jason Tatum instead of I don't know um insert middle of the road NBA player who are, is infinitely more talented than I am um <laughs> who's the most average NBA player That's a really good question. And I don't want to sidestep it because I feel like I'm going to get really hung up on it. But the first name that I thought of, and it's not necessarily true, but I thought Zach Levine. I thought Zach Levine too. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's But not he's better true. than average. Yeah, he's... I was going to say he's better than average. I was, And then I went to the opposite and I was like, Xavier Tillman? Like, I just, I just, I, I don't know. Like who's let us know who you think the most average NBA yes. player is because it's a difficult question to answer. It's a very difficult question. But, but Tony yeah, Snell is no longer the lead. He's not, so and I think because <laughs> that would be my default answer. Uh, but yes, Malik Beasley not matched up against your theoretical average NBA player. Um, but yeah, so seeing him kind of be one on one and really get into Jason Tatum's grill or if it was Jalen Brown, I'm like, oh no, this is not good, and. He didn't just hold his own. He was creating deflections. He's really bothering their shooting rhythm and just the, how they're getting shots off. I thought he did really well and held up. I, I kind of was surprised that he only played 23 minutes, but that is kind of in line with, you know, bigger games. And again, the Bucks are kind of really, not kind of, they're really small in terms of their wings. And based on Boston's size, two through four, or basically one through five if you're talking about the starters. But you kind of have to match them up with size. So if you're having Dame out there, you can't have Malik out there for large stretches until the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, but I just thought for the way that he was holding his own, it didn't really like force the issue of shooting. Like he only attempted three shots and made two of them. I thought he was worth maybe more minutes tonight. And we would just see more an improved turn to play for the last, I mean, coincided with this Bucks winning streak that obviously came to an end tonight. Yeah, I think he he really held his own on the defensive end, which is just insane considering like a lot of the stuff that I've been saying like about how it's just it's been a struggle for him defensively. I still stink. I still stink. Yeah, I still think. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't stink, by the way. I I still think. <laughs> <laughs> that Malik Beasley should come off the bench. Well, I'm putting up a stinker with my words right now. But uh, just if this team's fully healthy, but they're not fully healthy. Boss man's still out. Get well soon, boss man. Um, he, he he's on paid uh, PTO. Boss man's on PTO. <laughs> he, he either would have gone 0 for 7 from deep tonight or like 5 or 4 for 5 from deep tonight. Yeah. Nothing in between. Which is why he's not the most average NBA player because he's it's, the the hottest streaks or the coldest streaks. I'm gonna keep thinking about it. He's the most average <laughs> NBA player, but uh, but like yeah, when the when the Bucks are fully healthy, I'd still think Malik Beasley should come off the bench. But in this game, you proved that yeah, while Bossman nine nine um just remains out. Yeah, he he's fine. He he's holding his own out there. He's he offensively, it was a bit of a struggle for him, but. Uh, defensively, like I, I, I can't even say struggle. He was two of three from deep, but it's just only three shots is the issue. 
maybe it's a minutes thing, maybe it's a matchup thing, but yeah, he just was not being like able to get shots up in this game. And yeah, it's 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 weird that the offense held him down rather than the defense in this game. I think that kind of points to the bigger issue with how the Bucks played. And it's kind of remarkable that they scored as many points as they did because of it. But whether it's Adrian Griffin, whether it's Coach Bud, whether it's Jason Kidd, whether it's Larry Kristowiak, um the Bucks bad habits of how the sorry (laughs) but when the bucks offense just kind of drags down to the mud is it's the one-on-one iso ball there's not much movement it's very just kind of like oh you check a shot up early in the shot clock this is and it goes the other way you're not playing defense that was kind of what we saw for a lot of it or the over dribbling marjan had a possession that kind of just immediately like was the epitome of all that stuff where he had a really good defensive stop, really good. I think even fought for the rebound really well, brings up the floor and immediately just puts up this very out of rhythm three. That is not Marjan's game. Maybe it will be in the future. Who knows? But it was like, that's not the shot that that situation calls for. And it was when it was, I think third quarter was when things were starting to kind of, the bucks were starting to figure things out. And I just thought, like, they were really – I mean, it's part of, again, searching for some kind of signs of life or a spark in that way. But when you ma- manufacture those things rather than do the things that the Bucks, how we think of this offense now. And Malik Beasley embodies, you know, when things are flowing, getting that side-to-side action. He's not the guy that initiates actions, but he profits off of, hey, if Giannis is getting – two bodies coming to him at the rim, he's going to kick it out and Malik Beasley's wide open so he could do his little wiggle, uh, whatever dance that is. I saw I saw a tweet that almost got me. It was it was a fake, <laughs> just like, yeah, Malik Beasley's been fined like $250,000 for this dance. Adam Silver's like, no, we can't do this in the state. And I was like, it almost got me for a second, but it was really funny. He's getting. We're getting back to basketball. There's no wiggling allowed in Adam Silver. It was like it was NBA. a really it was a really funny fake tweet. He was like, "There's so many children that tuned into this game." It's this part of the fake quote, and it's just so funny. <laughs> but sorry, continue. No, I, I, that's I. I just thought when you see a lot of Dame trying to figure things out with Giannis trying to figure things out. Chris was four or fourteen. Brooke you know, had 18 shots and scored 28 points, but a lot of that, again, was around the rim and it necessarily wasn't in the flow of the offense, at least initially. I just thought, you know, eventually there's just not going to be a lot of shots around and therefore Malik's offensive usage wasn't as, or what we've seen over the last week and a half or anything like that. But I also just think the Bucks didn't really do themselves any favor by not involving their kind of, a guy like that who can, really set you know a spark and create flames with his three-point shooting yeah someone who's shown in his short tenure with the bucks so far that he can absolutely catch fire yeah like, he, he's, hunger he's, games I was, God, jordan i was gonna say he's katniss everdeen out there i mean like you you, you could you needed to give me two seconds Sorry. And i was gonna <laughs> get that out there uh 
<laughs> this is what happens when you when you put the two people in GSPN who make the most puns on a podcast together. It's just just stuff like this happens where we try to out pun <laughs> each other, and it just results in nothing. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he was really he was really lighting it up like those arrows out there. Um, he was. How do I make this new relevant thing? He was uh, singing like Rachel Zegler out there. She's in the new Hunger Games movie, right? We're this isn't sponsored or anything. We're just we're just doing really, this. you really like Hunger Games. It's in the zeitgeist. It is in the zeitgeist. That is yeah. true. That is it's, true. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to relate to the to what's happening. Um, um <laughs> I've lo- I've lost the I've lost the spot here, but Malik uh, Beasley, Malik, Malik Beasley. Beasley, yeah. It's like I like what you said. It, it's more about like if you can find him in the flow of your offense, that's a good sign that the offense is humming along because he's a guy like you mentioned who's going to profit a lot off of the other guys like Chris, Giannis, um, Dame. I almost said Drew. Uh, just just being able to create. Uh, so he's going to be the one that profits. So if you see a Malik Beasley heater, it usually means that it's a uh, like the offense is humming along unless it's that toronto game where it's a, just a blowout and malik yeah. beasley is just putting up shots it's either things are going really 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 well or things are going really 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 bad and there's yeah. no in between man the bucks yeah. have a few players like that that's not good <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that stabilizes over the course of the season <laughs> just had just made like a revelation about this team um Let's uh let's let's move on. Let's talk to you, you mentioned Marjan. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about Marjax. Both of them getting minutes in this game. Marjan Bochan back after missing the last yes. few games with an ankle sprain and immediately comes back into his carved out rotation role. Like that's a thing. We can say that. Um even though it's been what is this game fifteen? Um it's just uh He's he's solidified in the rotation. He he earned his spot back right away. Got almost twenty two minutes in. Um, most minutes of any bench player. You're right. Yeah, most minutes of any bench player. And was it the the greatest twenty two minutes that we've seen from Marjan Bochan? Probably not. Was it bad? I don't think so. You you mentioned here that one gaffe where it was like a just an off rhythm three. But when he was locked in, he was getting offensive boards. Like yep. he was, he was just a feasting in transition. He was creating like running like lanes in transition, not necessarily like profiting off of it, but drawing the like the defense back, creating space. That's a skill. That is that is a skill that like it's 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 often overlooked is just pure speed and transition. Because if you're sprinting to the corner, the defense has to follow you. They don't want to give a wide open corner threes. That opens up the lane. That opens up the other corner. It opens up trailers. It's just, it's very, very important. So it, it's good to see Marjan back out there. He did hit a three, two of five from the field. Um, just just nothing nothing super inspiring from Marjan out there. Uh, but Andre Jackson Jr. played a shade under eight minutes, seven minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, he was putting up some shots, three or four from the field. He made uh, his his only three. I know, I know you're big on Ajax, so I'll let you speak more about him. I'm not here to spread the gospel of Andre Jackson Jr., but while I'm here, I might as well. Um, I really like him. There, every time he's on the floor, there's something positive that he brings. It's it, there's just like electricity that he brings and he's getting fired up down 
God knows how many points. I think it was like 18. Hits a three, talks crap back to the Celtics bench. And it's like, that's a gamer. I like seeing that even when things are just going terribly. And immediately when he came in, he puts down a putback dunk, like a tip dunk. The one he over just, Giannis. Over Giannis. That was the other thing, too. Giannis was like right there. And I was like, no, step aside, old man. Uh, <laughs> I I just think this guy, like, I understand. And my, I, I will get to Marjan, too. I wasn't discouraged by what I was whelmed. I under I could understand his performance given that he missed three games. And it's like, hey, you're gonna guard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for possessions. Good luck. It's not the easiest task. Same for Andre Jackson Jr. But the thing with Ajax, AJJ, we gotta talk about the nickname eventually. But it's AJ. I think it's AJ. I think it's AJ. Gosh darn it. Okay. Ajax. AJJ is just so much more tedious to say. That may be true. I was holding out on that one, but that is a good point right there. What what rolls off the tongue more, Ajax or AJJ? Ajax for sure. Yeah. Or do we go Dre? Do we go Dre JJ? Do we go Dre J? Doctor Dre. Do we go? Yeah, maybe we go Doctor Dre. We got a Doctor G on the bench. We might have a Doctor Dre. Why don't we just call him Dr. J? I mean, that's not used, is it? I don't think it is. I think that's that's not for copyright. <laughs> um, I just think there's a level of... It, it was very clear when both guys were out there that there was a level of just the having guys that are just getting down the court and opening up more, more room to operate for whether it was Dave, Giannis, even when he's not playing well. I just thought, like, that is what it's just so obvious that we just want to see these young guys play and it's for obvious reasons it's something new but they just bring a level something different to this team in a very very real way that it's not even just like they're not even putting up a lot of points even if andre jackson jr scored the most points of any bench player in eight minutes tonight but like seven just, points is just it's if that's your highest bench scoring that's not good. yeah that's like that's not it's good. that's nothing against ajax i think that's more emblematic of the bench yes yeah they they we saw a good start from them but in reality it was you know especially when bobby doesn't have it that was another part of like you don't have that kind of the second unit spark it's it's that it, it, like some people are going to know what video i'm talking about it's where they're like trying to it's, it's these two guys and they're trying to see if like the diamonds are fake or not. And it's like, you don't got it. You don't stop trying to pretend that you out here. You don't got it. That's it. That's what, that's what it was for the best. That, yeah, that was true. But I just think the, the young guys continue just to bring this level of electricity and just, I don't know. There's, it, there's just a purpose with what they bring that really lifts this team in a very real way that I'm very encouraged to see what six, 15 games of the season. I didn't, I didn't really anticipate this seeing this so early, but we'll see if there's still more room to grow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I know Ty and I talked about this on a, <clears throat> excuse me, on a recent pod, but it, um, when's the last time the Bucks had a dynamic wing, young wings like this, Giannis and Jabari, that's gotta be it. And that was what? 25 games and then 50 games two years later like yeah. it wasn't like we really wanted pat sterling and jordan warner 
he wouldn't have been around at that time. It it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. It, it, there's just something different with Marjan and and Andre Jackson Jr. In in part because they, they have don't potential. <laughs> they have potential, but they also don't like. It's not like just hey, you're gonna stand in the corner and shoot shots and then play defense. Like what Andre Jackson Ajax does. Um, I've is, won them over, folks. Thank, thank you. What Ajax does isn't necessarily like what Marjan does. You know what I mean? Like they have very different skill sets, but those can play together along with the stars and the you know the big wigs. Yeah, and we even saw that in this game. Like you mentioned earlier, there were a lot of times where they just looked stunned by the moment and were just not ready yeah. for this level of basketball. But there, there was a. I think it, it might have been almost all of Ajax's minutes. They it came with Marjan on the court, um, and you could see those lineups just having like frenetic defensive energy. And I'm just like, I, I remember thinking in the moment, like, man, this is Giannis is out here with with two young young players in a game against like your biggest rival, yeah. and they don't look out of place. It was just it was it was stunning to me as someone who's just watched the Bucks for a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time that we've had some. Uh, I think you were thinking of Rashad Vaughn earlier. I don't think he was on that. I'm, I'm thinking first year under Bud. First year under Bud. I guess Dante, but then he got yeah, hurt too. Yeah, Dante. It was Dante. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of just uh, DJ Wilson. DJ had some moments. DJ had, had some moments. moments. Uh, OKC Blue Legend, uh, DJ Wilson. But no, we're just going to fall into this pit of naming random guys. I will say on hoop grids. Uh, do, you, do you play hoop grids? I do not, but I see. I see how I see a lot of other people play it. I I've one time there was a there was an answer where I could put Rashad Vaughn. I think it was like you'd hit so many amount of threes in a game and had played for the Brooklyn Nets, and I was like, oh, this is an obscure one. This is a really obscure one, and I put Rashad Vaughn, and it turned like this purple color I had never seen before Whoa. because it was like zero point zero zero something percent. Holy of cow! People, of people had gotten uh, had put. Uh, Rashad Vaughn there. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person. <laughs> You've read his cookbook. You read. You've seen cooking, cooking with Shadia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. But but sorry, I I forget the kid. The kids are the kids are fun. The kids are absolutely a lot of fun, and it's very very encouraging to see them play this well. It was it was under. I found the screenshot. It was under five points per game in a season, and had played for the Brooklyn Nets. And the YouTube viewers will get to see this, but it's this this fun purple color because zero point zero five percent of people had put uh, Rashad Vaughn there. That's, so that's something I'm very proud of. That is lower than the legal drinking limits. That is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so that's just that's just a, a niche NBA nerd thing that I'm very 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 proud of. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the kids can play. Um, but since we we talked about him a little bit earlier, let's talk about Bobby. Just Bobby Portis. This is a matchup where he has to be utilized. It's a it's a it's a matchup where he has to be his best self. He wasn't that. He wasn't that against the Celtics because we've seen in the past when the Bucks have played against the Celtics, if Bobby's humming, there's not a lot you can do to stop this team. 
Because even if you don't have uh, Giannis out there, or Chris out there, or previously Drew out there, now Dame out there, you can you can you can be Big Bob on the ass, you know, like you can. I just I love that so much. Uh, it, like you can rely on Bobby to go get buckets, uh, and he just he he was off. He airballed like a, like was one of his size up jumpers, and I was yeah. like, what is happening here? Yeah, when you see that, it's like oh. We're not that we're not gonna see what we have seen from Bobby. Um, I didn't think he I thought as we've seen throughout the whole year, I thought he competed well defensively. There are just spots where he just can't, you know, you're asking him to rotate a lot to shooters, or he gets switched on to a, a Tatum or a Brown, and it's like, well, let's see if he can <laughs> lead to a miss or anything like that. And it's just like you kind of have to live with it. But yeah, no offensive lift, really struggled to kind of force the issue. Was a good rebounder on the defensive end, but was kind of outmatched on the offensive end. Um, tonight was a weird night with the the two big lineups with him and Brooke. But again, the, the boss man injury kind of just like, if you're talking about putting out your best players to get you, give you a shot to rally the troops bobby is and brooke are gonna have to play sometimes like that's kind of the nature of it um but yeah just it it was i did not i foresaw a a a down bobby game but i just didn't see it in the way that you know we didn't see him giving much spark to the offense at all which is you know obviously disappointing yeah disappointing but it's like it it wasn't just him. It was a lot of different players. Yeah, campaign battery night for him. Yeah, he's he'd been coming off a heater too. So um, had only t- attempted two shots, which is weird. I I thought he kind of yes. I also thought he played a lot more than he actually did. He only played twenty minutes. Yeah, and I thought he grabbed a lot more rebounds than he did. Only three yeah. because he was out there fighting for rebounds. Like yes, he, was he was doing. He was doing uh, like vintage Pat Connaughton stuff, which is just really, it's a funny sentence to say, Jordan. Uh, I think we just found our most average NBA player. Oh my God, you might be right. It might, he was staring us in the face this whole time. It might be Pat Connaughton. It might be Pat because he's like, yeah, he can hit threes. He could defend pretty well in spots. He's not a passer, but he could make passes. You don't want him running a pick and roll, but he's done it. He's. I rest my case. It might. I think you nailed it, Jordan. I think it's Pat. <laughs> I think it's. But I will say, your average NBA player does not get Damian Lillard. So. No, he's not. He's not an. Uh, he's he may be an average player, but he's not an average GM. There you go. He's always thinking <laughs> business. He's clocking in and clocking Three out. Three leaf for life. It's just so funny when he says like when he's at his other job. Like it's just so funny. Like he's just out here working like a couple part-time jobs or something. Grinding. He's always grinding. He's grinding. Peter Fagan loves it. Uh <laughs> I mean, good for good for him. You know, Pat, you do you just yeah, I I'll stop talking. Um, but yeah, Pat, I thought had a bigger impact on this game than the box score really says. Yeah. Um, obviously a homecoming for him always Boston Pat it's the thing is this was this was a down Boston Pat game because usually he'll like hit a few threes but it's just his role in the rotation is just 
it's it's do whatever needs to be done you don't need to be like constrained to one archetype of role anymore because the bucks have a bunch of versatile wings now like yeah. we had just talked about uh unfortunately no boss man but ajax marjan like these are guys who can do multiple different things um so one of pat's greatest strengths was his versatility but it's not as needed anymore. it's still good but it's not as needed anymore so he's not pigeonholed in the one thing, but I thought, I don't know, we don't have to spend a ton of time on Pat, but thought it was fine. Yeah, thought it was fine. He, took, up, he, took up tough de- defensive assignments and, again, was kind of fine. Guys hit shots, but they also missed shots. <laughs> yeah. Um, one guy who also had a bit of a disappointing performance, even though there was a lot riding on it, Chris Middleton. Yeah. I made my I mean, listeners know I made my bet that if Chris scores 40 in this game, I would buy my first ever piece of box gear and it would be a Chris Middleton jersey. Um, what, was I what, kind of jer- my, what kind of jersey would it have been? I think I would have bought the state one, like the black with the deer antlers. Oh, because that would just, be quite the statement. It's yeah, there you go. I think yeah. it's it's such a clean jersey with the antlers and stuff, and it just it would it would look good. But Chris, he was just trying to save me whatever 150 bucks, whatever it is. I appreciate you, my guy. Uh, I'm kidding, obviously. Four of 14, he did it for Milwaukee, but he didn't do it in Milwaukee, for Milwaukee in the best way possible, because. Maybe maybe uh four one four can be done in a different way. Like you're shooting forty one percent from three with four made free throws. There's your four one four right there <laughs> in a box score. <laughs> I don't know. You, uh, you found it, but it, it took a while to get there, didn't it? <laughs> I was like Chris Middleton. I was, no, I was more like Damian Lillard, but we're we're talking about Chris right now, but. He played 28 minutes, his highest minutes in a game this season, mm-hmm. which was very, very encouraging to see. I was thankfully watching the Bally Sports was that's a weird thing to say as well. Thankfully, I was watching Bally Sports Wisconsin, but I was I was listening to Lisa and Marcus talk about this game rather than Mark Jones and Dorisburg on ESPN. Nothing against those people, but I just couldn't for for Buck Celtics on ESPN. I just could not. I, I like supporting not. supporting the local broadcast. I don't. I do not like supporting Valley Sports. I mean, it's it's the 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 necessary evil that we have to fight, don't we? It's the only provider that provides all these bucks games, and yet we all hate it. For now, for now, for now. I think they got another year. I think I, we're we're looking at the clock. I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing a watch. I'm not wearing a so. watch. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's just Chris Middleton played his highest minutes total. I, 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 the reason I bring up the Valley Sports Wisconsin broadcast is uh, when he checked out early in the fourth quarter, Marcus uh, Johnson noted that, yeah, he's at like 22 minutes. That's probably the last we've seen of Chris. And then when Chris comes back in, I think with around five minutes, four minutes, something like that. It was early. And it was still the game you wouldn't have thought that he would come in. I didn't know. It was like seven minutes left or something. Because uh, that's when they started like making their final run. Like Giannis Dane came back as well. Yeah. Um, and Marcus was like, "Oh, okay, here we go, Chris Middleton, you're gonna play." And he he played 28 minutes, 35 seconds in this game, uh, which is very encouraging. I will say that that yeah, is he, probably he came in at the 6:44 mark when the Bucks were down 15. 
that's a that's a move. That's a that's, that's a, a sign move. of that's a sign of faith in your guys by Adrian Griffin. Like, hey, give it one more last hurrah. Go try your best, and they almost did it. Um, but yeah, Chris Middleton. If, if anything, like one of the biggest takeaways from this game is just Chris playing almost thirty minutes in a game, which is like I mentioned his his highest minute total in a game this season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Friday against the Wizards. Hopefully, I, I will knock on wood and say this. Hopefully, they don't need Chris Middleton to play 30 minutes a game uh, in the game against the Washington Wizards. Um, but anything can happen. I just, anything can happen. Especially the in-season tournament. It will be an in-season tournament game. You're right. Bucks looking to uh, make a, a, a solid step forward towards securing Group B. But yeah, Chris Middleton, 4 of 14 from the field, just could not get anything to fall. He had a lot of shots near the rim. That is probably his highest mm-hmm. rim attempts in a game this season. I could look that up later. But it just wasn't falling for him. It really wasn't. And you could tell, like, yeah, he's not used to doing this. He really isn't. Like, he, uh, there were a couple times where he was just driving and getting easy looks, good looks, and just not converting. And I say easy looks relative for NBA players, by the way. But it's not like he's blowing bunnies. But he's not he's not campaign blowing a bunny. We forgot to mention that, by the way. That was ridiculous. Yeah. That was uh, not good. Uh, it, is, it was very branded night of him to do. Let's <laughs> say. Uh, the stakes weren't quite as high. But, yeah, Chris Middleton just not being able to, to create and, like, hit shots within two-point range. Like, he's two of five. Uh, from three which is okay you'll take that but if you're two of what is that nine inside the arc that's yeah. not good that's not, not good, good at all that's not gonna get it done no yeah we didn't see him hit his chris shots he didn't even um, attempt a lot of his chris shots it was no, i'm looking, weird at, I'm, looking at shooting, I'm looking at his shooting chart right now he was two of Two, three, four, five. Two, seven in the paint. Only two shots from nine. Yeah. Yeah. From mid range areas. Um, Defensively, too. Just he he gave a good fight, but he's going to be really taxed in one on one situations against a guy like Jason Tatum um, and Jalen Brown, who he looked improved tonight with. His shimmying, his uh, you know ability to separate from defenders and stuff like that. Jalen, so, he threw it down a windmill dunk in the half court. That play. was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I it's it's always Jalen Brown against the Bucks. I I was I was He's, messaging Ty before the game talking about this, and I was like, yeah, Jalen Brown's gonna have thirty five guaranteed. And I mean, he didn't have thirty five. What did he end up with? Twenty six. But it was like, yeah, I, I guarantee Jalen Brown's gonna go off against the Bucks. He's the best shooting guy by far of. I mean, except for Porzingis, they're kind of equal par, but for a guy that was driving the offense, like it's a different level of, you know, shot making efficiency that is harder with Brown than it is Porzingis. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jalen Brown's going to be a guy that cooks Chris Middleton defensively. Yep. And this is just, it's not the best matchup for Chris, which is why you hopefully have a guy like Bossman 99 back in the starting lineup or back in the lineup from hopefully in the starting lineup uh, when it comes down to games actually mattering, because yeah, you don't want Chris matched up like against Jason Tatum, because that's what it was like for a lot of time. He was either on Jason Tatum or he was on Jalen Brown. I mean, Giannis also got the Jalen Brown assignment at times as well. 
helped off him a bit too much. We didn't talk about this when we talked about Giannis. Giannis fell asleep on defense a few times as well. Just uh, ball watch. Yeah, he was he was ball watching a lot. Uh, didn't get out to shooters because he was ball watching. So yeah, just just adding to the not great game from Giannis. Uh, narrative, not narrative. It's it's fact, but. I don't I don't know what else to use. I don't know what else words to use. I can't. I remember I'm putting up a stinker in terms of words. But Chris Middleton, just to put a bow on it, it's not great. I mean it's good that he played a lot of minutes, but yeah. the minutes he played were seven assists. Seven assists was team. really good. Seven assists was really good considering uh I had no turnovers. Yeah, like that's really good. Just the offensive output in terms of shot making wasn't great. Everything yeah. else was pretty good. But if you want Chris, like Chris's ideal role in this team is being an offensive engine. Yep. He did not perform like that. But the good thing is, like, I'm glad you called out the assist because the good thing about a guy like Chris Middleton is even if his shot's not falling, he's still going to make find ways to impact the game. Like yeah. he's not just a black hole on the court if he's not making a shot. No. He's not he's not your average NBA player. He's not your average James. Yeah, he's not your average James. (laughs) Oh, who else? Did we touch on anybody? I guess we didn't really talk. Yeah, we didn't really talk about Dame. (laughs) Yeah, I I was saving Dame because he he really showed up late, which is why I wanted to wanted to talk about him late. Because my goodness, uh, it wasn't it it wasn't the prettiest game from Damian Lillard. But if you can you know, go four of six from the field, two of three from deep for 11 points in the fourth quarter to try and will your team back into a game where you were down 20 plus points. I mean, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's a shame that it took that long to get there, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it happened. Like he, he ended this game with 27 points. Uh, just, just bad shooting efficiency, especially from deep three of 10 from deep but yeah if, you, if you're gonna put up 27 points like be the second leading scorer on this team next to the goat brooke lopez it's it didn't this game didn't really move me because at the end of the day it ended up being like sort of an average damian lillard game which is just mm-hmm. crazy it's just that's that is insane yeah three of 11 at halftime so 20 point second half hit big shots late I thought his game really changed when he wasn't settling for threes when he was getting downhill. It was really <laughs> ticked off about the officiating tonight and rightfully so on some occasions. But Dame is obviously finding his shots, but when he gets downhill and is doing against really good defenders, like he's got Drew on him, he's got Derek White on him, who's a really good defender and First team all defense. Yes, first team all defense. He he decided to cut it all off. Um uh and he's finishing over Chris Tasperzigas or Al Horford. Like Dame is a, a lot more explosive um than I had given credit for when they you know got the trade. I, I you know, I, I was I was not familiar with that part of his game as that meme is. Oh, of Shaq. It's like, I apologize, I wasn't familiar with your game. <laughs> and you know what the funniest thing about that is? Is that's in response to Christian Wood, I think, of all people. I think you're right. Yeah, it is definitely Christian Wood. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like maybe you shouldn't have apologized. <laughs> like maybe that's an average NBA player, Christian Wood. 
I wouldn't necessarily say so because he is like seven foot and can do things that like does he though? He can. Does he? He did end points. <laughs> or what he was a buck? That was another thing. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought Dame's offense or game in total like really got off the ground when he was getting downhill. And did really well defensively. The guy was fighting through traps, like, and when he was matched on one on ones, I thought he was getting really into guys, guys' grill. Um, I, I was very intrigued by his performance, and and I know it was not the the best shooting night, but everything else is mostly there in in a lot of ways. Once he got through the bad over six start and making that terrible. Uh, pass like the outlet pass early the on body, I was like, yeah. oh yeah that was just like it wasn't there but once you got through all that dame had a really good night yeah i thought i thought it was just like he just needed to find his footing and it's just i, I think ty tweeted this but it was very emblematic of the bucks game that just dame trying to go for a quick two ended up hitting front iron on a dunk attempt like yes oh, it's yeah. like yeah the 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 idea is good the execution wasn't yeah uh, just yeah, Dame Dame had dunked one time in that game, and he got like a little overconfident uh, about that. But even that that dunk he had was because he went out there and he stripped Peyton Pritchard fast PP and just uh, just took it down the length of the court and or half the length of the court that was at like half court and dunked the ball. Like yeah, he was fighting, and I, I'm really glad you pointed that out because a lot of people keep want to keep wanting to say that Damian Lillard is just an absolute negative on the defensive end. Is it his strongest aspect of his game? Absolutely not. <laughs> is, <laughs> is he is he an absolute strength on defense? No. Is he going to yeah. compete out there? Is he going to try? Is he going to put in effort more than he has in, in the past as a Portland Trailblazer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we've been seeing so far. And he's he can make an impact. It's not going to be – it's not going to be like – he's not Drew Holiday. But no. he's 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 fighting. He's not gonna he's not like gonna let people walk over. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really liked what he did defensively. And again, Bucks gave up 119 points. Celtics shot 17 of 42 from three. That at one point it was 12 for of 20 at halftime. So they made six they, in the first quarter. Yeah, it, it fell off, and and it still ended in a good way where we easily trade that stat line for what the Bucks did. But I thought for what we saw defensively was a lot more encouraging than we have seen maybe all season. Yeah. The 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 Celtics, by the way, made one less three in the first half than the Bucks did in the entire game. There you go. Yeah, they made twelve in the first half. Bucks had thirteen. That's a hard. Over. That's hard to come back from. That's hard. And to, they almost to did it. They almost did it. They How almost, are you feeling, Rohan? I again, I've just completely flipped. I've completely. I just. It's. I, I'm. I'm feeling a little bit encouraged by this. There Thank you go. for talking there to through it, Jordan. Uh, that's what one, this is for. <laughs> it's just therapy for me. <laughs> that's what this is. It's just therapy, but somehow uh, it's 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 content as well, and I appreciate everyone listening. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, one player we should probably talk about on the Boston Celtics is Drew Holiday. Uh, we we haven't really touched on this a whole lot, but this is the first game the Bucks have played uh, against Drew Holiday since uh, since the trade, and it was sort of a it, it, like I don't think the players really have hard feelings towards each other. Uh, there was a, a video of a nice moment where Drew Holiday was in the Bucks locker room before the game. Usually these are things that happen after the game, but before the game, Drew Holiday is out there catching up with everyone uh, in the Bucks locker room. Having some fun with Brooke, with TA, with Pat, all these guys. Goes and shakes Giannis's hand, which is very, very amusing to me. Uh, goes just just like seem, seemingly has a like, great relationship with everyone. Um, it's I miss him. I'd be I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss Drew Holiday. I wish they if in a perfect world they would have gotten Dame without having to give up Drew Holiday or Chris or anyone. Um, obviously not anyone, but like if you, if you could keep Dame or keep Drew and add Dame, like that'd be that'd be perfect. It'd but be. it's not. It wasn't realistic. This is what happened. He's now on the Bucks' biggest rival. Worst case scenario, but it it was it was good to see him. It was good to see his beautiful face. It was um, he didn't he didn't. It wasn't a game where you're like, yeah, I regret trading Drew Holiday. <laughs> no, it it reminded me of what how Drew played the last time I saw him play, uh, in a Bucks uniform. He really did. The only the- only Celtic that was. That scored in single digits, and the only shot that he made was a three. Only Celtics. Oh my God, he's the only. I was about to say the only Celtic starter, but he's literally the only. Yeah. To be fair, he's they not, did. They, they went not... with an eight-man rotation. No, no Luke Cornet uh, in this game. Who? <laughs> uh, no Svi Mahailukuk. Yes. Mahailuk. No, no, yeah. No Svi Mahailuk. Um, but wow, he was really Celtic. Yeah. He only he's made not, one he's not shot. Well, he made one shot. Yeah, uh, went two of two from the line. Um, yeah, it wasn't a game where you're like, "Oh man, I really, I really missed you." Huh? <laughs> I mean, that's like I, I mean that with the utmost respect. People, people yes. should know how I feel about Drew Holiday. Like I just mentioned, I wish they could have kept him. He is a Bucks legend. Hopefully. There comes a time where no one's going to wear 21 again based on what he's done for the franchise. I hope he comes back to the Milwaukee Bucks at some point in his career. Um, but uh, responsible. If he doesn't for, retire in 2025. Yeah. Respons- <laughs> responsible for one of the greatest plays, if not the greatest play in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute Milwaukee Bucks legend hero. Uh, so I mean that with the utmost respect when I say this was not a game where you regret trading Drew Holiday. No, not not at all. Even with him putting uh, uh, an imprint defensively, we know Des- what he can bring. Describe now. describe the imprint that he made in this game. I thought he made it uncomfortable for Giannis to kind of get into his 
his bag, if you will. Like he he didn't he was guardian face up and and the the lanes that would open up for Giannis to dribble and get kind of maneuver himself weren't as open as they were against again the Washington Wizards. Washington. Washington. <laughs> as some people like to say. Uh, but yeah, it's like, did he have a, a positive impact defensively? I don't think it was the greatest positive impact. I mean, was it positive? Yeah. But it, was it Pete Drew Holiday levels? I wouldn't say no, so. No, I wouldn't say so either. I think the matchups against Giannis ended a lot of times with Giannis just missing baskets. Um, did he make things uncomfortable? Yeah, absolutely. Like he's one of the best in the business to do it. But it's just, Giannis is just a lot bigger <laughs> than him. It's yeah. like you can it, it it's sort of the it's sort of the 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 Eric Bledsoe problem, but just amplified because it's like, yeah, Eric Bledsoe, good defender, but a lot of guys would just be bigger than him. Drew Holiday does not have that problem with most perimeter players because you know he's just bigger. Um yeah. but yeah, with a guy like Giannis, like any any like seven footer, Giannis is officially a seven footer, which is fun. But with any seven footer, it's just yeah, he's just bigger. <laughs> yeah it's like did he do his best to disrupt whatever whatever rhythm he could yeah but it's just it's not going to be the the end all be all like drew Hade is not going to be a Giannis stopper no 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 no. nor was he a, a, a lebron stopper when the bucks would put him on on lebron well he wasn't a jimmy butler stopper i'll tell you that much no he was not no he was not if anything he was a, a jimmy butler enabler like, yeah, yeah he, he enabled a... jimmy butler <laughs> Yeah, James Butler. Now that's not an average Jim either. Yeah, that's not an average. Oh my goodness, too many, too many James, too many Jims to go around. Uh, maybe that's what they go by different names. Uh, it's it's just the yeah. imagine if Chris went by James, like James Checking in number twenty-two for the Milwaukee Bucks, James Middleton. That's actually what it, that would be funny if, like, they put his like Chris Middleton's in the record books, and then he's all of a sudden he's like fifty or something like that. And he's like, Can you put down James. Please? <laughs> I actually want to go by James now. <laughs> yeah, it's like too okay, late. I guess like, I guess we'll change all our graphics. Do you, like at least at least the last name is the same, so we don't have to re re change the ra- uh, jersey that's in the rafters. You know, um, maybe we have to change the statue. I don't know um to james but it's like chris do you really want, i mean james do you really want to do this like chris was, chris is was so cool you were cash money what are we supposed to do with that now we can't use that anymore james money james money just doesn't <laughs> hit the same it sounds like some weird tax loophole uh just, or a bad bank a bad bank james money <laughs> Again, this is the problem when you put me and Jordan on a pod. Sorry, uh, sorry, everybody. no, no, no. It's it's both. It's 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 just a combination of both of us. Um, should we do? Should we do stocks? We've we've sort of alluded to stocks. Um, so for this game, we've already decided that Giannis is going to have a two down stock game. He's Ooh. he's at forty five, going to forty three. In he he's putting up TA jersey number uh, stock out here, but yeah, just. Not the best game from Giannis. Like we we've already we don't need to rehash it, but wasn't the great like defensive game as well as the offensive stinker. 
Yes. I I, I feel very comfortable giving him a down two. Yeah. Brooke Lopez, though. I'd say give him an up. Absolutely give him an up. Up two? Up two. Up two. This might be a season high. It was a season high. Well, I knew that. I I'm, I know that. I'm just saying, I don't think we'll see a lot of other games where Brooks scores 28 this year. That might be me going out on a limb. I don't, I don't know. It's tough to give up double up stocks in a loss. But he, he played so well. He played so well. How I The only reason I would be hesitant against it is that... Uh, the previous four games, he's gotten three upsets. That's fair. That's fair. It I would also one... take him into 30 territory right away, which would only the only other players 30 plus are Dame and Giannis, which I feel is also valid. Rick might be in that company soon, though. I think he is in that company. Especially, I mean, I know it wasn't... Uh... He wasn't blocking shots like crazy tonight, but again, when you're giving your team a lift like you did offensively, almost getting thirty points. That, that's where I like. That's where I would sort of hesitate. One double up suck and a loss feels icky, and also he wasn't the greatest defensively. Yeah, it wasn't a prime Brook Lopez defensive game. Which yeah. if he did that, that's a double up stock for sure. No, regardless oh, yeah, of the outcome. But yeah, I, yeah, I think, let's stick with one. Okay. Do we feel any movement for Dame? I don't think so. No, with Dame, I'd say I'd say it's a push. It, it, yeah, probably in the end. I mean, he if this game had swung a one a win, he definitely if he had out. led a fourth quarter comeback for a win. Yeah, that would be different than like let's say he gets fouled on an and one dunk instead of front ironing. Ironing that's a tough one. Um, to like a dunk to to cut it to a one point game. Yeah, that's it, like that would be an upstock for sure. Considering just just how raucous that moment would be, I think it's a push. Yeah, let's. I'll keep with that as a push. Okay, Chris Middleton. I I'd, I'd say it's a down. He did play a lot and he did play make, but. It's hard to it's hard to overcome the Milwaukee shooting line. Yeah, it's it's a. I wish there was a way for it to be forty-one-four, but that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, it's unfortunately a down stock for uh for Chris Middleton there. Uh, Pat Connaughton, I'd say is a push. Push. I'd say Bobby's maybe a push, maybe. I was going into this maybe with a, a down. down. I would I would say push. I didn't. I wasn't didn't. really moved. Yeah. Malik Beasley, I say, is a push. Push. Considering how well he played defensively, Marjan, I would also say, is a push. Push. Yeah. Especially coming back from injury. Uh, campaign. You could convince me of a down, but he's down only... for that bunny alone. Yeah, that's fair. You can't you can't miss that bunny and. I mean, he also shot one of five. Didn't play all that much, which some people may say, well, that's not really downworthy, but he didn't look that great. Yeah. Ajax, maybe, but he's already higher than Marjan. 
some would say that maybe fitting also because he's played a couple yes. of games in Barza. <laughs> um I'm leaning push considering it wasn't a large sample, less than eight. Yeah, minutes. it's it's eight minutes. That the yeah. I would oh, I want to give him up, but I would say push. And then I just no one else really played. <laughs> no. So yeah. I think I think that's our that's our final stocks here is you have Giannis down two, Chris down one, Brooke up one, and campaign down one. There it is. Any any qualms with that? No, I I'm I'm right there with you. Dame would maybe be the guy that would argue for more, but I understand it's it was too big to ignore how poor of a start they got off to. Yeah, he sort of he had a down stock in the first half and then an up stock in the second half. Yeah, that's just no that's just no movement. That's like the yes. definition of a push. It's not the definition of a push, but uh, it, it it averages to a push is what I meant to say. <laughs> just. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else we need to talk about? I guess we we can preview the schedule coming up here. In that, like we already mentioned, that the Bucks are playing on Friday against the Washington Wizards back at home. Um, Thank God. Yeah, for Game Three of the in-season tournament play, three out of four in group play. Uh, I believe. I believe. If the Bucks beat the Wizards and the Knicks beat the Heat, the Bucks clinch group B. I think so. So, something to keep your eye on. Do I think that the Knicks are going to beat the Heat? Not with the way the Heat are playing, but no, anything they won can tonight happen. Overwhelmingly over Cleveland. Oh, did they? Well, I believe so. I I, I believe you. Yeah, one hundred twenty-nine to ninety-six. Sheesh! No Donovan yeah. Mitchell though. Oh, well that would explain it. <laughs> I mean those 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 Cavs, Sands Donovan Mitchell did beat the Sixers last night. That is true. Also yeah. the Heat did not have uh Bam Adebayo. Haywood Highsmith started. Oh and um Yeah, they still wiped oh. the floor of them. <laughs> okay. Oh well I take No I Kevin take... Love either. Oh <laughs> I'm less I'm less moved by that. <laughs> but it's less of an impact that Kevin Love is out compared to Bam at a <laughs> He's been the best player for the Heat this season. Uh true. but yeah, the Bucks play on Friday against the Wizards at home in season tournament game, like we mentioned. And then they play again at home uh against the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday at 2 30. And here's here's a fun stat I saw. Since I think Bud took over, um, the Bucks are under five hundred on Sundays. They're ten. Wait, what? Them. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they are ten and eleven on Sundays. Well, I'll be at that game. Oh, hope here's here's to getting back to five hundred. Yeah, let's let's get back. Well, also Bud's no longer there. Yeah, but I'm saying since since like oh, the Bucks have been good. Since, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically since 2018 yeah, yeah let's hope they get back to 500 because it's that's... the only day of the week they're under 500 that is weird that's it's, a weird it's, stat I don't, I don't know if it's since 2018 i wish i knew, had the tweet to give credit and get it right but it's it's since some year that the blacks are uh 10 and 11 on sundays and it, it makes it it makes me think that it might be like even further back because I remember even during the kid days, the Bucks would just struggle 
on Sunday matinee games. And uh, hopefully for your sake, Jordan, that doesn't happen. Also, it's a big game considering that it's it's Dame's first time ever playing against the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. That would be that is going to be one heck of a game. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of Portland fans at that game. Uh, I know I know some of them wanted to make the trip out to Milwaukee, so shout out to Portland fans. Hope you enjoy the city. I know that's a meme. I did not mean that in a bad way. I genuinely hope you enjoy the city of Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stop talking before I get myself in trouble. It's but okay. <laughs> then the Bucks play their final in-season tournament game of group play on Tuesday in Miami uh, against the Miami Heat at 6.30 Central. And again, like I mentioned earlier, there's a chance that that game does not matter uh, for actually clinching the the group. Or the group. if if the Bucks win and the Heat win on Friday, that game decides who wins Group B. Which is very, oh, yeah, very, that's very true, yeah. interesting. Mm. Uh, it'll it'll come down to that. I wouldn't be shocked if the loser of that game ends up being a wild card team, though. But it will be it'll be very interesting to see if it comes down to Bucks Heat playing in high stakes games again. Will my heart be able to take it? Probably not. Will I be getting like having flashbacks? Absolutely. But Bucks will Bucks will have to play on that court. Oh my God, they will. <laughs> Wait, is that their in-season tournament court? I don't know if that is. No, it's not. No, it's not the but Heat it, culture their court. In se- their in-season tournament court is not much better, if I remember correctly. It's very red. It's very red. It's, it's very red. My eyes. It yeah, it is uh it is insanely red. The the Bucks have they've only played in-season tournament games at uh at home, I believe. Am I right? Yeah. No, they played Charlotte. I'm done. Oh, they played Charlotte. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. So they played. They played on a blue court. They played on the cream court of the Bucks, and now they get there again. They'll be playing at home, but then they'll get the ultimate test the red. Uh, with the with the the red of the Miami Heat's court. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see coming up. Also, for the rest of the month, the Bucks will play the Chicago Bulls in Chicago on Thursday, November thirtieth, to round out the month. So with the with the Wizards Blazers. Heat and Bulls. That is three games you absolutely should win. Um, the Heat are going to be a tough matchup, as they always are. But those are three teams that have no idea what they are doing, and you need to get back on track immediately if you're the Bucks. You need to have a statement game against the uh, the Wizards, and just absolutely wipe the floor with them. Yeah, which hopefully they can do. Yeah, and then and then do it for Jordan and for Dame on Sunday. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the Bucks' upcoming schedule. And unless you have anything else uh, need to talk about, I I remember saying before we started, eh, I don't think this pod's going to go over an hour. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot to talk about when it's Bucks Celtics, and, and I hope I hope everyone has enjoyed it. But unless you have anything else to say, Jordan, I'll wrap this up. And say uh, thank you for listening to this episode here on GSPN, this Eurostep win and six crossover. Make sure you check out gspn.info for all of our pods. Jordan, you are going to be busy considering that the Green Bay Packers are playing on Thanksgiving before they actually play the game. They have a chance to check out a pod. Do you want to tell them about it? Yes. Talk of the Tundra, GSPN's Packers podcast. Um, Yeah, we'll be talking about the Packers facing the Lions. Actually, Scratch that. I'll be talking about it because I'm doing a little solo recap pod. Um, and you'll hear that sometime probably on Friday 
after the game and the Packers have a lot of injuries. We'll see how they fare. It was so and, funny seeing the Lions injury report. <laughs> it's one guy that is in doubt of I not think he's, is he out? I think he's out. I think he's out. And then there was 17 players of the injury report Tuesday for the Packers. I think it was so. I think it was Andy Herman. Shout out Andy Herman who had tweeted just like just like laughing emojis or something like at the, at the Lions injury report. But uh, in in promoting the preview pod, the absolute great preview pod that you and Numak did with two guests, um, it, it it was funny in that promo tweet. It was just like, yeah, for the first time since 2013, the Packers are playing on Thanksgiving. Can't believe it's been 10 years. Does ten not, years. I does was not very feel like thrown 10 off years. by that. I feel I feel like it was like maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah, I thought I thought it had, it had they had had one under Lafleur, but they yeah. obviously had not. Yeah, ten years. It's crazy. They get to get absolutely pounded by the Lions. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Uh Barbed to death by the Lions. Or not. Or not. Maybe Jordan loves him. I'll let you talk about it because you have you know way more than I do. He can be him, but sometimes he's not him. That's yes. That's Jordan Love's problem. <laughs> do you say would you say he's an average NFL player? No, we committed to the bit too far. <laughs> he may be average now. Let's see. Let's see if he can uh, grow into not a beat above average. There you go. There you go. Uh, make sure you check out Talk of the Tundra. Uh, find links at gspn.info as, long, as well as all of our other links. But as for this podcast, hopefully you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube. But if you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, make sure you're subscribed. Leave a five-star rating and review. And even on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any uh, fun content here on this channel. Uh, but yeah, Discord entry links, Substack, all that fun stuff is at gspn.info. Odd random, and we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.